Welcome to Queens of the Tech Age. I am your host, uh, Caitlin Baker. Joining me as ever is our founder, Amara Ahmed. Welcome. Good evening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. First podcast of 2022. It feels slightly strange, right? It does feel a bit weird, but I mean, ultimately, it felt weird last year because that was kind of like, oh God, we've been doing this for two years. So this is our third year, calendar year. I'm going to take it. Wait, so we started in, in September 2020. Exactly, this is our third calendar year. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. We'll, take, we'll do a proper three-year thing, but, you know, we, this is our third calendar year recording podcasts. And we're still here. Is, we are still here. Given this was a this was born out of lockdown frustration, which we're going to gloss... We're not going to talk about how and what is still going on in the world. But considering this was born out of a lockdown frustration and a desire to talk about the stuff we normally talk about to a wider audience, larger group of people, I guess. It's not bad that we're still doing it, still. People are still listening. Thank you. Um, I hope everyone had a great Christmas, a new year, whatever you celebrated. I hope it went well. And for those who couldn't, uh, the people who meant that you caused you to not be able to celebrate, let's hope something terrible happens to them. Anyway... How are you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling 2022. You know, I, I in the words of Taylor Swift, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022. I know that's not exactly I, I, what she I says. I don't know who Taylor Swift is, so I'm I'm unashamedly gonna say I'm a Swifty. I do like a bit of Taylor Swift, especially because I love the fact that she's just so unashamedly like herself. You know, she's like, I've had bad relationships. I'm gonna write songs about them, and I don't care if you give me slack. And, and she owns it, and, and I love that about, I think, you know, as women, we should be empowered to be fully authentic. I think as anyone, right? If you can't be fully authentic, if you can't be fully you in, in whatever you do, um, that that's a real shame. And I think she, she does that really well. Like, she just brings herself, and she's like, hey, this is who I am, and this is what I've gone through, and I'm, and I'm going to be open and vulnerable about it. So I, I, I admire that about her. So... Um, yeah. This... Yeah, I guess I should. I should, you know, I'm just sort of betraying my complete, my complete and utter lack of of knowledge of pop culture, um, outside the weird, grungy, punk rock sphere I lurk in. I think she's poppy. Is she poppy? Yeah. So she started off as country, um, and then uh, she moved into like pure pop. But she actually started yeah. off as a country singer. I think she's from Nashville or something, which is where all our country singers are, reside um but yeah um i think well, fair enough well i'm glad you're doing okay it is you know our recording night we're back on schedule and it's new year I mean, and with a new year comes a new topic uh which you dropped on me in in, in classic queen's the tech fashion <laughs> i had zero i had no time i've done no homework but this is why we look like it's, it's about being authentic i think you know it's off it's off the cuff it's off the. But this one, I wish I'd done some. This one, I wish I'd done some homework so I could gather my thoughts. I'm probably going to gibber like a moron, for which I apologise. But it's you, Amara. It's your topic. So I'm going to treat you. you introduce it. I'm going to treat you like my therapist, right? I will talk, and you can listen, and, and let me know what you think. <laughs> Occasion and occasionally, I make like hmm sounds. Sounds are good. So I, I, so first of all, I want to admit something to everyone, right? Um, working in the tech space or working in um, a cosmopolitan city. Um, has a, a specific energy and, and as much as you try and fight it you do end up 
consuming that energy subconsciously or consciously. So, you know, I moved to London eight, eight years ago. Um, I'm from a small town, you know, up in the north of England, um, as much as I don't sound like a northerner now. And and so for me, you know, I, I didn't realize, but eight years later, I've looked at myself and I've analyzed myself and I'm like, whoa, I've become this like typical, you see in those movies, you know, you're running at 100 miles an hour and you're grabbing a coffee on the way to work and living the high life. And so for eight years, I've always taken on this this phrase, which kind of became a part of, especially in the tech world, uh, my motto, which is like, hey, fail fast and iterate. That's how you do things. You you need to learn quickly. And the best way to learn is by just putting stuff out there. And, and yes, you might fail, but failure is okay. And I still stand by that. You know, the best way to learn is through regrets, through failure. As long as you don't harm people, I always say that. Um, but the one thing I realized after eight years is, whoa, that was a really toxic way of, of not just living, but um, uh, setting unex unrealistic expectations. Um, and so I guess this is a more of a, a personal note to myself where I'm like eight years later, I'm saying, I, I don't agree with that anymore. Um, fail fast and iterate is not always the best thing to do. It's not always the healthiest thing to do. And it might not always work for everyone. So let's let's actually say that's bullshit and um and sometimes it's it's okay to take your time to to get to where you need to get to um i guess i guess the question has to be then what part of it really rings hollow for you like why i think as human beings um we are all very different we're all unique individuals and everyone has their own experiences in life. And those experiences shape us and how we are and the decisions we make. And in in certain industries, especially in the tech space, we tend to forget that. We, we tend to dehumanize the fact that we're all individuals and, and just sort of throw a blanket sort of, you know, statement out there. And everyone kind of seems to want to fit into that, which is like, we all must be like successful by the time we're 30, you know, and success is, is pinned by have a house, you know, be earning X amount. And so you hear about 23 year olds now who are asking for 50, 60 K or whatever, even if, if, if that grad rolls or people who are like, oh, if I don't work a gazillion hours right now and get to like be MD at 27, I'm not successful, right? So all of that is is ingrained in, in, in these sort of phrases where we say like, fail fast, fail fast. Everyone's like running at a hundred miles an hour. And I, I was thinking about it recently um, just because in my spare time, I've been doing a lot of research on like founders and the founder space and understanding how that, that kind of world works in tech. And when I speak to sort of like successful, um, male founders, a lot of their stories are, you know, I had eight or nine ideas and they were un unsuccessful and the 10th one or the 11th one or whatever was the one that like became successful. So I just want to break that down for a second. In order for someone to have failed in 10 or eight ideas um, and then for idea number X to be successful, that's not a, that's a loss of a certain amount of time because each idea would have had to take a certain amount of time and thinking to put it together, building up business plans, whatever, whatever. It's also, you know, like financially, there's a strain on you as well. And so you can only do that if you're in some sort of privileged position where you can afford to take that time when you can afford to take those financial risks and if you are someone coming from a um a background where 
you don't have the finances to be able to take that many risks or you don't have that much time to dedicate to something that you're passionate about failing fast and iterating then doesn't work for you because you only have that one shot and i know i'm going to tend like i'm going to end up being an m&m song um by the end of this so it's ironic i start off with taylor swift but you know he says you've got one shot in life and for some people that's true they literally have one shot or they only have one attempt of making something successful so failing fast and iterating doesn't work for them well i think the other thing that i was thinking about as you were talking um is survivorship bias those stories are told by people who whose nth idea whether it be the second the fifth the eleventh worked uh, and you know, those are the, the stories that we laud, we applaud, because they tend to be very successful. But that glosses over that most don't. So, you know, just because somebody's 11th idea, when do you... like? Is it the 15th, the 20th, the 90th? Sometimes it's just... There's, a, there's an element of survivorship bias, I think, in some of this mantra that you're getting at. And I, I kind of agree that Letting the discourse, or letting this sort of not the discourse, but letting the the message that shapes our society be dictated by those survivors, bad word, but those people who get to frame it shouldn't be ultimately the ones that got lucky, because that, as you say, becomes toxic, because it glosses over. A million factors that went into making that particular success a success, which can't be replicated. You know, it's not a case of oh, just grind, just hustle, just uh, fail and do something else. It's like sometimes a, the confluence of events that make things successful cannot be controlled. And I think letting that dictate the message that we shape our society with through the stories we tell each other is probably toxic. Exactly. And I think, you know, I was someone who had bought into that toxic toxicity myself. Mm. Uh, and and I've spent the last two, three months unlearning that and, and spending a lot of time through meditation, through coaching, through reading, you know, and going, oh, God, like I was someone who actually not only em embodied that, but I, I saw myself as a great example of that, you know. And now I want to say to people, like, I'm really sorry. I, I, I've learned that that's not healthy and that's not the the one way to do things. And and it's okay to it's okay to 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 be successful slowly. Like it's not a race. And sometimes the best way to get to where you want to be is by taking things slowly. Um, and you'll get there faster than actually being in this race. And and I have no issue with failure. You can fail slowly you can, and you can fail fast, right? I, I've learned through failure. I've learned through regrets, etc., and through trauma. So I just want to make sure people don't don't kind of misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But what I'm what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is uh, you don't have to be on this unrealistic timeline. And these stories that a few people are, are, are have shared should not be the stories that are, are um that everyone has to follow and fit into we are we are all very different and 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 that's okay and if we want to take our time doing things that's also okay and 
and I think it's just really important to sometimes own up to it and say, as you grow. Well, and I think, sorry to interrupt, but and I think there's there's because there's something what you just said there. That there's more to unpack in that because I think everybody would endorse learning from failure. It's it's like um. It's a truism. It, it, it's, it, it doesn't really bear stating because it's such a pointless thing to state. It's like going, ah, oh, water is wet. Learn from failure. Of course, everyone supports that, I think. But when it gets applied to this sort of message and drive, there's the very negative sides of it that come from disregarding the consequences of failure. And I think that's where we get down to things like privilege and intersectionality and how it impacts different people, because the consequences of failure are so radically different that you have to be okay with it. Well, I'm not going to take a chance on this. I'm going to, as you say, slow it down because I have to appreciate the consequences and I have to, you know, play the odds in my favour. I can't just be blind about, oh, fail fast, because well, what if that means, you know, you could sort of roll the dice, that, that, and that. Exactly, Kat. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And so I, I spend quite a bit of time trying to find some some books on this. And I, I came across this book called The, the, um, the Art of Archery. Um, and it talks about the discipline of archery and it links it back to like mysticism and and like the um the the mystical arts of zen mastery etc um in in the far east and and if you if you look at the basic concepts of archery you're not learning to shoot at a target you're learning to to respect the relationship between the bow and the arrow and a lot of that and the, the teachings behind that are focused more on um slowing down so people always see the born arrow and think, oh, you just shoot it really quickly. And But actually successful archerists and uh, the, the discipline behind it is all about control and slowing your breath. And I found that book so fascinating. And, and anyone who listens knows I, I'm an avid reader. I would really recommend that book because it, it shows how you can reach your goals, but by slowing down. Because what you do is you you focus on the goal and you actually spend the, the, the time and intention you need to, to to make sure you have everything you need. And if that's the way it needs to work for you because you don't have the the resources or the time, etc., cetera, to, to, to spin out 10 different things really quickly, whether it's a, an idea or, you know, any any industry you work in, like, that's that's okay because you will still learn and you'll you'll do things wrong on the way and, and <laughs> failure is always there whether you do things fast or slow. Um, but it's just well, and I, and I think there's a there's an aspect of failing fast beyond the consequences of the failure, where what we're really saying is there's an acceptability attached to the flip side of it, which is well, if we're going to fail fast, then the things we're trying aren't deep because we're being shallow, we're being quick about things, whether that's personal, professional, software, whatever. It's like, okay, well, we throw something at the wall, see if it sticks. And that's, that, you know, that doesn't really lend itself to to a more... So I think what I'm trying to say, that there's, there's... It will only ever be average. 
if you're trying to do it as fast as possible. Because inherently, you will be discarding things to quote-unquote fail fast, whether that's in your personal life, um, whether that's, you know, doing the truly hard work of therapy as opposed to going, I read a book, I'm fit. Like, no. Like, there, there are things that take time, and because they take time, you're never going to feel fast with them. They don't fit into a sort of, God, I don't want to go into a anti-feedback thing about, anti-feedback, that's making sense, anti-millennial thing, God, that's the last thing I want to go about. Oh, I don't know. But there's an aspect of appreciating what the end result has to be. Whether it's a failure or success, it still has to be worthwhile. And I think when the mantra is fell fast, there's a sort of loss of sight over the actual destination because you're almost the thing you get to when you're prepared to fail fast isn't actually very good does that make sense yeah and i think that's that's the the, the, the second sort of way of looking at it as well which is even if you look at it from an agile perspective because i think the the, the the term is like feel fast feel forward or feel fast and iterate there's so many different versions of it yeah I mean, um, the, the facebook one i've always heard is move fast and break things exactly right and and even if you look at like um, the evolution of agile methodology, etc., now now it's sort of like more focused on do things bit by bit and do them well and finish them and then take the next bit. And I'm not going to get go into delivery methodology, but that's like the art of Kanban, right? You do something and you move, it. as opposed to like, hey, do lots of things really quickly and just get something out there. Um, and you and then you're technically you know compromising on quality of the product, etc. And well, and I think the important thing is, as you, when when you as you were saying, when you bring it to your life, it's kind of more important to really take stock about what are you discarding in the experience that you're having in your life, whether that be your personal goals, professional goals, you know, ac- academic, friends, family, partners. If you're trying to race to the end, if you're trying to think, well, if I get from here to here, I'll take these shortcuts. What are the consequences of those shortcuts? What, are, what What is the outcome you're actually going to get? Because it won't be the same if you try to be a bit less fast about it. Less just the result is all that matters. Exactly. And and it's interesting. I read an article this morning and I think, you know, as a, as a millennial, um, I see that Gen Z are now kind of like covering up some of the mistakes that as millennials we've kind of like... In, uh, created or, or, or bad habits that we've kind of started forming and they're saying you know we need to we're going to slow down so sweden has just announced that um they're going to move to a four-day week and and it, they're moving to a six-hour day um mm-hmm. and and you know i think that's such a healthy way of, of people finding that balance between work and life and for me that's really important now we we should work because we want to have a a good life and i think the the era that that's just kind of like now is is changing as we 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 sort of dedicated our lives completely to just working and being these machines and especially it, it became like a mantra in the tech space like it's cool to to just spend hours and hours in the office and be like i don't have a life and your parents ring you and you're like hey i'm still in the office like eight years ago i thought that was so cool that i was going to be working in these industries and now i'm like 
no what, what's cool is that fact that i i appreciate taking time out and i and i don't look at my phone at the weekend or i don't check emails at the weekends or at night that's cool because that's healthy and i'm building those boundaries mm. um and so here's a question for you have you read the book blue like jazz blue like jazz no it sounds interesting though so it is complete in in many ways completely unrelated to this topic um and i but it feels equally very relevant it's about uh it's about somebody's journey away from i guess religio religiosity to sort of organized christianity towards christian spirituality and how they found their own um, place, not within an organised religion, but within basically how, what they actually believed. And it feels kind of relevant to what you're talking about in terms of, of doing the, the hard work to unpack what you believe or what you've been told to believe versus what is actually the, the real message underneath. Not that the tech space should ever, you know, Elon Musk is not the next coming. Um, <laughs> but if you haven't read it, I would actually strongly recommend it. It's a very good book. Um, awesome. I was looking for a new read because I've nearly, I've nearly finished The Art of Archery. Um, and one of my, my sort of goals for this year is I was really proud of myself for the last two years. I've really got back into reading and I've read like a, a, at least one book a month. So this year it's like, you know, I'd love to, mm. to spend more time. And, and so I'm always looking for book recommendations. Um, yeah. As a, the thing that made it relevant to this is, is that quest to unpack dogma and find what it means to you underneath it. And I think that's so because, important. Because think... for me, work will always be important. You know, I, I will always, you know, part of my identity is being quote unquote good at work. It's one of the few things I'm actually good at in life. Um, never ask me to cook for you or, but you know, work slash being um, an engineer is the thing I'm good at. So I will always invest in it. But it's true that the we have to unpack, especially as women, because we know the burdens placed on minorities do not work for the people spouting them in the same way. Like if, you, if you're, a, you know, bang on my favourite target group, sorry, the cis het white guys. Yeah, felt move fast and break things. Sure, move back into your parents' basement. It's so. God, I'm gonna get so much hate for that. But it's true. It's just it's not an it's not a level playing field. So unpack the dogma, find what works for you, find where you can apply it, and find out what how you can reconcile it. As we've said, you don't have you know you don't owe a company your employment. So if them if that is what they believe, and you're like no, that doesn't work for me, don't work for them. And what I just want to say to companies is if you measure success by how quickly someone moves, that that's also not fair because not everyone can can afford to do that. And and I think as companies, we, we need to also be appreciative of that, that just because someone isn't 
wanting to get promoted every single year because they're focusing on other things or their promotion is not as like that trajectory is not faster or maybe it looks like they don't have the same thirst as someone else um measure them on their merits measure them on the quality of their work don't measure them on that hunger and that drive because not everyone can push for the same things because everyone has different circumstances and i think that's where as companies we also need to like um kind of like move away from this like toxic uh a notion of like you have to be in that race and you have to be running at a, a certain miles an hour and if you're not you're not seen as being a go-getter i was always the one who is in most companies who's seen as like you know future leadership talent and all of that and now i want to say like i'm really sorry if anyone saw me being fast and being hungry and working ridiculous hours because that's not the kind of mentor or or uh, sort of like thing that i want to be known for because mm. that's toxic and i i would not want any young person looking to me and seeing that version of me and thinking that's that's success and and it's taken me eight years to unlearn that um and i want to hold my hands up and 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 say like i i did it i'm I ah here's the question did it take you eight years to unlearn it or after eight years did events make you unlearn it i i i'm always honest with people and i say you know uh i'm one of those people that uh i i learned through tragedy and i learned through trauma and after eight years i i i went through some severe trauma and it it has really changed my my outlook on life it's made me love myself which i never thought i would be able to do i'm always that person who's trying to find fault in me and and and, and i always thought being my self critic meant that no one else could like you know be critical of me because i was always the most critical person of myself and i'm like that's that's toxic and i should be the first person who's like no you're damn good at what you do and so i yes you know through trauma i've spent the last few months you know unlearning and i and i'm going to probably spend the rest of my life trying to unlearn this stuff um and it, and and it does sometimes it's through chosen changes and sometimes it is some through some sort of trauma that you you end up in these situations and i i'm so grateful that i i've gone through this because i wouldn't be <laughs> talking like this if i hadn't so i as much as yes it's been traumatic i think it's probably been the best thing for me and um what i love about this podcast is i get to be completely 100% authentic i get to bring that version of me out here and i i hope people can relate but i also hope people can understand that i i'm as human as everybody else and i'm healing and i want to you know keep on he- healing and i and i hope that this change brings out a better version of me in the future you know in the next 8 years amara will have evolved again and i want to be really proud of the person i become yeah like a pokemon exactly and this is a great episode guys because this actually um is leading into our instagram live in a couple of days time where we're going to be talking to a manifestation coach by the time you listen to this it will be <laughs> uh coming out two days after this uh and and i think that you know i it's a it's a new concept to me as well but i, I think anything that teaches you about self love and and slowing down and appreciating where you've come from and and dealing with some of our you know uh traumas and 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 sort of like toxic traits that we pick up in this world sometimes uh and and anything we can learn to kind of deal with them um i think is is beneficial so we we really hope you you join that session and and take away something from it um but for me 2022 is you know 
deal with the trauma deal with the becoming that next version of you and a lot of that is going to come from you know slowing down and becoming more human and and building mechanisms that help you deal with the emotional pieces that we don't get taught at work and we don't get taught in schools and colleges um because emotional empathy starts from self-empathy and if you can't be good to yourself you won't be able to be good to anybody else that sounds True. so corny it does well you know rupaul has made a career out of uh, the catchphrase if you can't love well oh god no i broke it that's terrible it's like if you can't love how the hell are you, you gonna love, love yourself somebody? how the hell are you gonna love somebody else there we go we got it <laughs> we got there eventually we god that was embarrassing uh, hey to be fair i'm kind of over drag race like I, you know do you know what? i've been there from the start I, I, you know it's i've been a problematic fave but setting aside controversy it's just like i feel like i'm done with drag race they keep advertising new episodes on new shows and i'm going i don't care i don't have time for this you should watch Emily in Paris. Not that I'm plugging. No, you should watch <laughs> Hawkeye. Hawkeye was... Oh, I've, I've devoured Hawkeye. I've devoured Hawkeye. Um, and now I'm going back to watch Daredevil. And for anyone who's seen the latest movie, you'll know why I'm doing that. Um, so, yeah. Kat, if people want to get hold of us, where can they find us? Uh, well, they can find me at Caitlin underscore F underscore Baker on the Twitters. I am at Fenrika on uh, Instagram. Not that I post much about podcasts there, and mostly that's just nerd stuff like my miniature painting. Awesome. But they can find us collectively at Queen's OTT Age on Twitter, where you get uh, you know notifications about new episodes, uh, inspiring content, and uh, you know please subscribe if if you like this episode. Uh, you know, share it with your friends, subscribe in your fate, your uh, podcast listener of choice. Exactly. Amara, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, on the Twitterati, I am Amara underscore B underscore T underscore S because obviously K-pop runs in my veins. And on Instagram, I'm very active um, as Amara A underscore Queens OTTA. And then I'm always taking over our Instagram page as well, which again is Queens OTT Age. That's where we're going to be doing our Instagram live. So please come join us. Um, and yeah, come a part of the Queen's community. We've got some awesome stuff coming up in the next few months. So it'd be great to have you guys on board. And we will see you in the next episode. We will. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.